everyone, this is Jen. And this is Dom. And you're listening to... 99% Chance of... Wine Wine and Murder! (laughs) Welcome to episode 16. We are a little late in posting this. A little late? Life happened. Life happened. It's okay. It did. Sometimes that happens, but it's fine. Yeah. I got to visit my dad, though, so that was good. It was great. How was that, Jen? It was fantastic. It was good. It was really good to see him. I really haven't seen him since August. Oh wow! So it was. Uh, it's been that long. Yes, it was awesome. It was got three full days in Saskatchewan, in very cold Saskatchewan. Although it's the polar vault. What is Vortex? it? Vortex. I can't see. Yeah, that's just weird. It was so fucking cold. Yeah. And it's supposed to be cold again this weekend. Like, come on. I know. Winter should end now. It's over. Yes, please. Please end right now. I'm. I'm tired of it. I just, like, I know I'm being dramatic because we've had a really decent winter, um, but, like, all of February has been so cold, and I'm just, like, okay, I'm fine now, like, let's have spring. I feel like we had a really mild December, like, it wasn't that bad. January wasn't so bad either. Now it's just, like, the world hates us. It is like the world hates us. Yeah. They're like, like you fuck you. For one minute and you get snotsicles swarming in your nose. <laughs> oh, that's one way to put it. Yeah. That's what happens when you go outside right now. It's true. It's true. Also, Dude. my dry hair was frozen. Dry hair? It must have had a little bit of condensation in it still, but it was like crusty. Ugh. That's a gross <laughs> word, then. <laughs> uh, before we start tonight, I just need to talk about... How mad I am after watching Abducted in Plain Sight. Oh, Jen, let me just tell you. I watched it like four weeks ago. I couldn't, I couldn't get over it. I, I can't. Like, I can't move on. Because I, the first ten minutes in, I'm like, what the actual fuck and then, like, is wrong with these people? A half hour later, you're like, this is the true meaning of an idiot. Literally. Like brainless. It's like someone took their brain out. Also, someone takes your child and you don't call the police for five days? Yeah. Are you fucked? Well, I mean, when you're both sleeping with the man that took your child. (laughs) Oh my god. It's so weird. Everybody just watch it. It's the weirdest thing You'll ever watch and you're like, this can't be true. But it, it will piss you off. It 100% is. It will piss you off. It will piss you off. My friend at work, um, I told her about this and she's like, oh, I'm going to watch it. And so tonight she has it saved like on her YouTube. Because it's on Netflix, but you can watch it on YouTube as well. She has it saved on her YouTube to watch tonight. She's like, I'm going to get into bed, get my chips, and I'm going to watch this. And I was like, just so you know, you're not. It's not an enjoyable true yeah. crime documentary. Like it's going to ruin your evening. <laughs> and I mean, not that true crime documentaries are enjoyable per se. Well, I mean, but kind of. <laughs> um, but this one was just so infuriating. Yeah, it was almost like you know people can be stupid. That's okay. But there's only a But even, like, amount. the FBI agent that's talking, and he was like, I literally was like, you guys are getting fucked. He's like, I, he's like, I told them. Yeah. 
if you don't do this, like, he is going to continue with your family and he's going to continue assaulting your daughter. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey. He's a friend. Whatevs. He's, he's a, a great re- guy. Yeah. Really annoying. I hated it. Watch it. But also watch it. Because it's one of those things that you have to, like, to understand the level of stupidity, you need to watch it. Because you can't understand the level of stupidity if you don't watch it. And even then, maybe you don't understand the level of stupidity. Well, exactly. My friend uh, today at work sent me a meme that was like, if you ever think you're a bad parent, just look at these two. I saw that. And it was like the parents from that show. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that sounds great. (laughs) I I pass, I pass. I don't let my child be kidnapped by a predator. Four times? Four times. Was it four or three? I think it might have been three. Mm. I think it was like for no, it was it was two, but he but he then but the other. And then he came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he yeah. Anyway, we're not gonna give spoilers away, even though we sort of did. Yeah, yeah. Just watch it. Just watch it. So Jen, do I do you want me to go first? It, it's your turn to go first. Okay, it? I don't I have no idea. We haven't done this in a while. I will just go first. Okay. Okay. I'm excited. So, my murder is Ivan Malott, the backpack killer. Ooh. Yeah. Must have a lot of tools in those backpacks. Also, the movie Wolf Creek is loosely based on this. I've never seen that. Okay. Just... I haven't seen a lot of things you've seen, apparently. This is a horror movie. Wolf Creek is a horror movie. How dare you? I will watch it. I mean, you haven't watched any of the other ones I've suggested, so... Oh, oh, wait, okay. <laughs> I, I have limited time, okay? <laughs> Jen is making me watch this series called I Survived, though. Oh, I did get her into that. It's freaking It's so, so good. good. Everyone watch I Survived. You can watch it on YouTube. It's awesome. It's amazing. Okay, here we go. Uh, born on December 27th, 1944, in Guildford, Australia, Ivan had 13 other siblings in an extended Yugoslavian family. His family lived in a rural setting, and they mostly kept to themselves. Ivan was described as a good-looking, muscular boy who had a fascination for hunting and guns. He also cared greatly about his appearance. His parents were strict, but with 14 kids to manage, discipline was difficult. Jesus. Ivan and his brothers prompted multiple visits from the police to their farm. From the age of 17, Ivan was constantly in trouble with both the police and courts with charges on, of car theft, house break-ins, and armed robberies. In 1971, at the age of 27, he was put on trial for allegedly raping two hitchhikers. They said he was armed with a knife. He ended up getting acquitted because there was not enough evidence. Uh, so then, on January 25th, 1990, a backpacker from the UK, Paul Onions, which was hitchhiking just south of Sydney. Ivan picked him up, but said his name was Bill. He was nice at first, but then started changing and started ranting and making racist remarks. Um, so Paul started feeling uncomfortable, and um, suddenly... Ivan pulled over his car 
and Paul tried to get out. He pulled a gun on him, um, but Paul jumped out anyways, trying to save his own life, leaving his backpack with all of his belongings, including his passport, behind. Idiot. Well, he ran and flagged down a car who took him to the nearest police station. He was eventually able to get his passport replaced and returned home. He was the lucky one. On, then, on September 19, 1992, two British backpackers, Carolyn Clark and Joanne Walters' bodies, were discovered in Belangio, I don't know how to say this part, State Forest, which is not far from where Paul Onions was picked up. Ooh. So let me just switch to my paper here. I'm going to say I'm pretty impressed that you were able to say Yugoslavian. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I don't know if that's actually a compliment or if you're making fun of me. No, um, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> so both girls had been missing since May, so they found them in September. Oh, wow. Joanne Walters was stabbed multiple times, including one stab to her spine that may have paralyzed her while the killer continued attacking her. The zipper of her pants was down, but the button was uh, done up. Oh, I'm sorry, everyone. Which indicated she may have sexually assa- she may have been sexually assaulted, but her body was too badly decomposed to determine that. Carolyn Clark was also stabbed repeatedly, but had also been shot in the head ten times. The examiner also found a similar wound in her spine to Joanne's. Four bullets were still in her skull, which was able to allow police to use these to figure out which weapon was used. A brick fireplace had been constructed near the bodies, as well as cigarette butts were found, and a tw- and twenty-two caliber uh, cartridge cases. They did an extensive, extensive search of the area, but no other evidence was found. Hmm. A psychologist, Dr. Rod Milton, said that he thought the killer was in his mid-30s with a history of aggression. He had to be familiar with the area and terrain and, would, and wanted to inflict pain. However, all, with all of this evidence, police were unable to locate any suspects. Then, then, in October of 1993, two more bodies were found badly decomposed. It was that of James Gibson and Deborah Everest, who had gone missing in 1989. So that's like a four years after, yeah. Although the environment had ruined the clothes, the zipper uh, was still intact on James' pants, and it was undone with the top button still done up like the first bodies they had found. It was found that both victims had the same paralyzing wound on their spine as the first two. That's so strange. Mm Mm-hmm. There was also a small fire pit found near the bodies, which made investigators determine they were dealing with the same killer. That began an extensive search of that forest. Almost a month later, another body was found on November 1st. It was that of German nationalist uh, Simon Schmiedel, sorry, Simone Schmiedel, who had been missing since January of 1991. My God. Again, there was a fireplace nearby and twenty-two caliber shells. As well, she had the similar spine wound. Police were really li- realizing now that they had a serial killer on their hands. Three days later, police found the final victims. German nationals. Oh, I can't say these names. Anja Habashid. Habashade. 
It doesn't sound German when I say it out loud. And her boyfriend, Gabor, his name is Gabor. That's all I can say. Because I can't say his last name. <laughs> they had been missing since Christmas of 1991. The male victim had a zipper open, but the button fastened and was stabbed multiple times and shot. The female was missing her skull completely. They think it was cut off by a sword or a machete. That's new. That's new. Police now had to admit to the public that there was a serial killer on the loose. But because he had so many different MOs, it was hard to pinpoint a suspect. Police began to... Uh, people, sorry, people began to flood the police lines with information, and there were various reports that police made police suspicious of the Malott family in particular. Ivan Malott. Although police didn't have anything concrete to use just yet. Um, that's when they decided to bring his only potentially surviving victim, Paul Onions. They were hoping he would be able to identify him in a lineup of men. He was flown back to Australia and did just that. Police then had enough uh, evidence to issue a warrant to search the properties belonging to the Malott family. Police raided the farm on May 22, 1994, which revealed a huge amount of evidence linking Malott to the killings, including personal effects of the victims, which included clothes, sleeping bags, and other camping equipment. Why do people do that? Like, it's like the number one thing that gets people fucked over. Like, why are you keeping trophies? Yeah. Um, like, you're Can idiot. you not just live off your memories? Exactly. <laughs> they also found twenty-two caliber rifle and a long, car- uh, curved cavalry sword suitable for beheading. It was found locked up in a cupboard in his mother's home. He was then taken into custody for questioning. He was initially charged with the attack of Paul Onions, and that followed by the seven murders uh, once ballistic evidence matched his weapons. He hired the same lawyer who represented him during his rape trial, um, James Marsden, but then fired him when James advised him that he needed to plead guilty. The trial was uh, finally began in March of 1996, where Ivan pled not guilty to all charges. Paul was the pro- prosecution's key witness and testified in, his, in court about his attack. They also had the victim's families testify and show hundreds of photos of the crime scene and evidence found. It took 12 weeks to present their case. Holy the defense had Malat testify in his own defense where he denied his involvement, but then he performed poorly when cross-examined by the prosecution, which led the jury to question his honesty. The defense also tried to say that his family members were the ones who committed the murders and set Ivan up to take the blame. However, that was quickly dismissed. Yeah, that's a pretty stupid idea. Why did they do that? Yeah. Like, you're, why would you be like, just blame my family? Yeah. No. It was my son. <laughs> then on, Jan- or on July 27, 1996, after three days of deliberation, the jury came back and found Ivan Malott guilty on all charges. He was sentenced to six years for the attack on Paul Onions and seven consecutive life sentences for the murders. He was incarcerated at uh, Maitland Prison, where he stayed for a year. But in May of 1997, authorities found out about a well-planned jailbreak attempt masterminded by Malott. 
After that, him and his fellow inmates were separated. His accomplice, George Savis, was found hanged in his cell the next morning. Malott was transferred to a maximum security wing of Goldburn Prison near Sydney, but after authorities found a blade in his cell, they put him in solitary confinement. He has always maintained his innocence and has staged self-mutilation attacks and hunger strikes in an attempt to get his appeals heard. His initial appeal in July of 2001 was denied. Police think he may have committed more murders, and in 2001, he was um, ordered to give evidence in the disappearances of three other female backpackers, but no case has ever been brought against him. On November 8, 2004, he gave a televised interview in which he denied that any of his family members had been implicated in the murders. Then on September 7, 2005, his final appeal was refused, ensuring that he would spend the rest of his life in prison. Good. He deserves it. The end. Fuck you, I didn't know that. Fuck you. Jen, I realized something. We forgot to tell them what kind of wine we were drinking tonight. Oh, Dom's drinking wine. I am. Slowly, but I am. Yeah. I am drinking Barefoot Moscato. Shocker. It's the only thing I drink. And Jen? Um, I'm drinking Sawmill Creek, a Cab Sav. I'm I'm very into the red wines lately. Yeah, I've I've noticed. I don't really like white anymore. I'm sorry, don't be don't mad. Don't say that. I just I just like I just like red wine. Okay. Um, like red wine. I know you won't. It's okay. okay. I've tried so many times, but you know, it's just like a pungent taste. It like punishes me when I taste it. That's fair. That's completely fair. I know. Okay, Dom. All right. Dom has a murder. Mine is a little short tonight. That's okay. But uh, I, I, it's also something I said I would never do. Oh, my God. Is it unsolved? It is. <laughs> yeah. It was driving me nuts. Oh, my God. Okay. Dom is branching out. I, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Okay. Are you ready for this? I am. <sighs> Dorothy Scott was a single mother living in Stanton, California with her family, working hard to provide for her and her son. She worked at two head stores in California that sold many different items as a receptionist. Dorothy was very quiet and preferred to stay inside instead of partying and doing drugs. You would think that such a lifestyle would keep you safe, but danger is everywhere. Poor Dorothy could not keep her stalker at bay. Oh my god, and you did a stalker yeah, one? Yeah, I did. Holy moly. And I totally just stumbled across this story, too, because of the lineup. But those are the best ones, though, when you I stumble know. across and you're like, what the fuck? I know, and let's just pause for a second to give the lineup a shout-out. You know, it's on Facebook and the internet, and they do all these crazy stories. Yeah. They are, like, the shit. Like, they're so good. Okay, but what is... Wait, what? Is this, like, a website? The lineup? Tom, I don't know what this is. The thing we always follow, follow on Facebook with all the creepy stories. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, sorry, everyone. Um, I've been way more focused on Reddit yeah, I need lately. To and their series called No Sleep because people post like really fucking scary ghost stories. And I, that gets me every time. Yeah, I need to watch. I need to read those. And I have been reading them and it's just, they're so scary. And I still just read them. I don't care. 
Oh, right. <laughs> and then I go to bed at night, and I'm just lying there, and I'm like, holy Staring shit. at your wall. I hope nothing pops out. I hope holy nothing shit. pops out. And then people have scared me, because I always wake up at the same time. Like, I, I, I'm a weird sleeper now, after I've had kids and whatever. Like, I'm a very light sleeper. But, like, there's, like, I always wake up either somewhere between 2 and 3 a.m. Ew, don't tell me. No. I'm going to tell you. And people have said that that's, like, no. the witching hour, which means, like, there may be a spirit that's there with you. But, like, it, it's not a bad thing. It could be someone who's in your life who passed away or whatever, right? But I'm always scared when I wake up in the middle of the night. I would be, too. Okay, Dom, keep going. <laughs> so, for months, Dorothy received threatening and obsessive calls from a man she didn't know. The ache of knowing his voice, but not his name, growing stronger each time. Loving, admiring, and finally sinister things began spewing from the mouth of the unknown man. But the most sinister of all was his threat to get her alone and cut her into pieces so she could never be found and always be his. Nope. With this, Dorothy began taking steps towards protecting herself, going as far as talking, or sorry, as far as taking self-defense lessons, karate, and seeking out the purchase of a gun. On May 28, 1980, Dorothy was attending a work meeting with her colleagues when one man became very ill. She suggested that they take him to the hospital once noticing that he had an odd red bump on his arm similar to a spider bite. She drove him and another colleague to the hospital, and upon arrival, Dorothy, Pam Head, and Conrad Borston went in for Conrad's arm to be treated. Once treated, Dorothy, being the kind person she was, offered to go get her car to pull up to the doors. Nope. She went into the parkade. Yeah. God fucking damn it. I fucking hate parkades. I have told everyone this. I don't like going in them because someone's going to murder you. So little did they know, Jen. This would be the last time they saw her alive. This is my worst nightmare. Dom, okay? (laughs) On the way out to the car, they thought it... Oh, I think I just... Hold on here. Oh, yes. On their way out to the car, they thought it was fairly strange when the car slowly pulled up and then sped right past them. Their own car? Yeah. After believing she must have had a family emergency and the, hour, and the hours passed, they finally reported her to the police. The morning of May 29th became everybody's worst nightmare when her car was found 16 kilometers away, burning behind an alley. No evidence was ever discovered. Four years later, on August 6th, 1984, the bones of Dorothy and a dog, which, okay... I love animals, so that really broke my heart. The murder of Dorothy didn't, but... Okay, no, that made me sad, too. (laughs) But, I mean, I wish they didn't tell me that there was a dog involved. Oh, that's fair, yeah. You do love We're found 10 miles from Santa Ana Canyon Road. Seven days later, on August 14th, it was proven that the bones were Dorothy's from dental records, and her family put her to rest on August 22nd. They've never found her killer. They've never found her killer. And isn't that weird? So this guy, like, they basically thought that he must have come into one of her stores at one time. 
and oh. she had helped him because she recognized the voice but couldn't remember his face or like his name. Yeah, which is fair because she probably I mean, deals with so yeah, many people, right? Like I see like I work customer service while well, I work as like at a clinic and I see like over a hundred people a day. So oh, there's definitely I do people, customer service too. Yeah. And you know, sometimes people call you know their voice, but sometimes you can't really like exactly remember what they look like or yeah. what their name might be. You're like, Oh yeah, that person on the other side of the phone. So yeah, so all But this literally time, like my I'm terrified of parkades. Like I do you know how fast I like run to my vehicle if I have to be in one? Well, because you never know where anyone's hiding. And, and there's only, also a movie, a scary movie about parkades and a killer in it. Oh. And then my friggin' boyfriend is like, Do you wanna see this hilarious video? And I was like, Does it have to do with the parkade? And he was like, Yeah. And You're I was like, like, no. I mean, okay, if you said it, think it's funny. Guess what? It wasn't funny. It was someone pulling a prank on people dressed as a crazy clown person no, I would... with a bloody apron who had a chainsaw who was pretending to murder people while people were walking to their car and oh, they thought it was God. real and then he chased them with this chainsaw and I was like, this is literally the worst video I've ever watched. I mean, I would shit my pants. Oh, and then, like, it's, like, this woman walking from the parkade to the elevator. And she opens the elevator, and he's, like, sawing, you know, like, sawing, like, not really, but, like, sawing someone. And, like, she freaks out and starts running and screaming, and he chases her. I mean, what if you gave somebody a heart attack? You would be, Why would you do this? People are in a place where they can't really escape. Mm-hmm. I'm not okay. I wasn't okay with the video. Okay, we should stop talking about parkades apparently because they're like a really real fear of gens. It's a real fear. Like mine with addicts. I'm having a lot of anxiety right now. Ooh, there's so many addict stories. I just told Dom once another one tonight. Yeah. Sorry. Why do you keep doing that? <laughs> Sorry. It was about a guy who reported some hearing things in his attic and the police couldn't find anything. And then, so we set up cameras, and it showed his fucking neighbor crawling into his attic and looking into the vents and just, like, staring down into his fucking room while he slept. You know what? I'm so evil. So, I would wait. I would tell the police. But I would wait, and then I would just act like I didn't know and stand underneath the vent and frickin' shove a broomstick up there. Just right into his face. Like a knife. Well, I mean, oh, <laughs> I mean, inside have, voice. <laughs> yeah, sure, Jen. A broomstick. Just kidding. <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, all right. Well, we hope everyone's keeping warm. Yeah, in this hellhole of freaking Alberta. Spring is never coming. Ever. We will always be cold and miserable. Ever. And the migraines will never stop. They will never stop. You know what? As much as I hated the cold snap, I didn't get a headache one time during really? it. But now in the last few days when it's been like minus two, minus 25, minus two, minus 25, my head has been hurting. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, okay, like I'm kind of over it. Like decide where you want to be. Yeah, I agree. Like I want it to be summer already. Oh, I miss summer so much. I know. Chilling in the backyard. Also, work was busy and... <sighs> you know, like, last summer it was pretty hot and it was, like, 
plus 30 a lot. Which at the time I was like, my condo is so hot and I'm oh dying. God, I would come over and die. But I'd rather just it be hot than cold, to be honest. No, I would always rather it to be cold. That's where we differ. How dare you? Okay, not cold outside, inside. I would oh, always okay. rather the house to be cold. I know, I don't have air conditioning though. All right. Well, always keep your wine glasses full. And don't get murdered. Bye.